The Creative Mornings Charlotte podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Creative Morning Charlotte podcast. Today's show features host Tim Miner and Matt Olin speaking with Charlotte artist Jessica Moss just two weeks following the March 8th Creative Morning Charlotte event at Noda Brewing Company, where Jessica spoke about the global theme of water. As an ardent advocate for artists, communities of color, and accessible arts education, Jessica Moss is the founder and director of The Roll-Up a national network of art incubators embedded in neighborhoods mired in persistent poverty and concentrated disadvantage. In addition to her projects that engage art and real property as a strategy of community revival, Jessica is an educator, writer, and independent consultant. In this episode of the Creative Morning Charlotte podcast, Jessica talks about her roles in the roll-up and black market CLT, as well as the barriers to creativity, building social capital, and her work in real estate. Register for the next Creative Morning Charlotte event Friday, April 5th at 8.30 a.m. at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. The featured speaker will be multidisciplinary artist Milan Den, speaking about the global theme of inclusive. RSVPs will open at 9 a.m. Monday, April 1st. Well, here we are. <laughs> okay, so welcome to another edition of the Creative Morning Charlotte podcast. As Hi there, Tim. always, we are stumbling into a fascinating conversation that will be fascinating despite the host. Stum- stumbling in, exactly. <laughs> um, and we are super... Oh, hi, Andy Go, our audio engineer, podcast oh, hey. producer. Hey, guys. I also stepped over you saying your name. It's fine. Matt Olin, co-host. Uh, so here we are, and uh, we are... I guess, is it one week or two weeks since we... It is, it is a week and two days. Okay, so a week and Jessica two days ago... dropped it. That's right. And a week and two days ago, we were exploring the theme of water with the one, the only, Jessica Moss at No Doubt Brewing. Hi, Jessica. Good morning. So um, it's awesome. And we never do this, right? We usually sit down and record the podcast immediately following each Creative Mornings event. And because of some logistics... And other things, we have pushed this out a week and two days. And so here we are. And it's sort of cool. Like, I'm actually sort of loving this idea of having the conversation a week later. And, you know, we've ha- we allowed things to sort of sink in and simmer and things like that. And so a little bit of water to have gone under the bridge. Ex- good one. <laughs> see, see what you did there. I, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm excited to dive in here with you, Jessica, and talk more about um, that amazing event that, uh, that you, uh, you brought to us uh, a week and two days ago. So, um, so here's, what I, here's what I, knowing that how, how fluid your life is, I did it again. Oh, dear. No, knowing how, knowing how much you've got on your plate and how it's, it's um, not, that, not that unlikely that you've probably been to one or two different cities in the nine days since we saw you. <laughs> Have you, by the way, or have um, you just been in Charlotte? I've been in two cities. There I've been we go. So Charlotte okay, there, there you go. Um, yeah. w- to get you back into it, we just want to start uh, before we hit the real questions with a little free association with words that are about 
water. Okay. Okay. And so whatever comes to mind, whether it's just a word or a story or an observation or an opinion, you hit us with it. Sounds great. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Start with an easy one. Water. Creative mornings. Good. Love that answer. Ice. Ooh. Uh, Eldridge Cleaver. I need a full a fuller explanation on that. I'm oh, Eldridge familiar. Cleaver uh, is the author of a text called Soul on Ice. Wow. Yeah. Is you should read it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally No, no, no. If you say read it, I'm reading no, it. No, keep going. What's it, what's it about? Um, he was in prison. Uh, he was a black man. And it's interesting. The text was written before I was born, but so many themes of it are relevant to today's social climate. And so I read it when I was in high school. And it's a text that I constantly reference in my own work and in my life today. All right. And that was Soul on Ice. Soul right? on Ice. All right. Yes. I'm checking that out. Yes, definitely. Steam. Ooh, that makes me think of STEAM academies. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a that's a way to go, right? Because that A is in there, which is, is important. From STEM to STEAM. From STEM to STEAM. Huge fan of the A mm-hmm. in there. All right. Humidity. Ooh, um, my mom recently got a humidifier because I'm always, like, kind of nasally in the morning. So it was for you. It was to accommodate your needs yes. at your mom's house. Yeah, well, <laughs> she got me one. Oh, okay, gotcha, um, gotcha. And so it's when been, you were visiting. well, no, um, but it's been quite helpful in um, helping me when I wake up in the morning, breathe better. So uh, I, yeah. it was something that I didn't really believe in before, but now that I've gotten one, I think I'm a believer. So humidifiers. I've seen some of these humidifiers, you can drop in some um, almost like eucalyptus. Oh yeah, like, like essential, essential oils. oils in them. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Jinx. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Coke. ten. Give me co- Oh. <laughs> I'm done for the rest of the podcast. She got me. I'm not able to actually speak until I get her a Coke. So are you are you getting into the essential oils part of the humidifier life, or are you not going there? I hadn't I hadn't explored that yet, okay. um, but maybe it's in my future. Could be. You're open to it. I'm open to I, it. I can I can attest that it's it, it does work. Okay. I do like it. Um, I don't do it as much when I I do it when I work. Like I'll put the mm. I'll put the humidifier on. Because it actually, some of them will help with focus. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm oh. someone who desperately needs different things to keep me focused. So that sounds great. Um, but I'm going to try the humidifier when I wake up because I am. I sound like this for Same. about an hour and a half. Okay. When yeah. I wake up, go for it. All right. Boil. Ooh, don't watch it because it won't happen. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Same applies to a subway train or paint. Same. All, all the same. Don't watch for it, it'll never happen. Rain. Um, I was born and raised in Southern California, mm. and it does rain there mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is, I'm going to have to call myself out on this one. Um, I meant to write desert, but I wrote dessert. Ooh. So I'll let you decide <laughs> which, <laughs> which word you want to associate with. Definitely dessert. <laughs> 100%. What's your favorite dessert? I don't know. There are so many, right? I love chocolate things. Yeah. Mostly I love the accoutrements that come with dessert. Like I love whipped cream. Oh, I am so with you on well, this. Well, you brought, you brought something that looks <laughs> sweet <laughs> This and is yummy. like dessert, is but it's for breakfast. Dark chocolate nuts and sea salt. Ooh, that's my jam right there. Yeah, it's from Trader Joe's. I love them. I mean, it's like dipped in chocolate, so... <laughs> I was going to say that last night I went out to dinner with my family, and for dessert we got deep-fried Oreos mm. with a little uh, vanilla ice cream. It was Ooh. it was incredible. Did you go to the North Carolina State Fair? No, I know, right? Has that been elevated to hot couture, and you spent 
eighty-five dollars on no, that dessert. No, no, it was like a six-dollar <laughs> dessert, and it was at a actually at a sushi restaurant here in, in Charlotte. So, <laughs> so after eating tempura, s- it was tempura. <laughs> it was temp- temp- tempura so, Oreos. Wait, I'm trying to get this. So I could just see you ordering, right? And you're like, oh, I'm gonna have some good um, ahi tuna because that's good for me, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get some <laughs> antioxidants here. A little seaweed salad, that's good. Oh. And fried yeah, Oreos. Yeah, I totally killed it at the end. <laughs> that's exactly right. But that's so that's that's what I do. Did it have whipped cream on it? It didn't, oh. and I'm sort of lamenting that right now. Now that you've reminded me how much I love whipped cream, I'm giving them a two star Yelp review for not having <laughs> the uh, the whipped cream on the Oreos. What do you think? Should we do two more words and then move I, on? I, yeah, let's go with two more. Okay, uh, this so is, this, that's definitely one of them. Let's say thirst. Oh, um, my colleague. And local entrepreneur, Brianna Daniels, owns a line of uh, jewelry and body adornments called Cosmosis Stones. And whenever folks purchase her goods, she often encourages them to, she often encourages them to do cosmic thirst traps. Um, you can put a hashtag in front of that. Totally. Tell me more about cosmic thirst traps. So this is uh, <laughs> a photograph of yourself wearing her adornments in a very um, flattering or um, sensual or intimate kind of fashion. And so often, um, you know, they're, they're cute. And they're on Instagram. So. I'm, I'm going to Insta. I got to see. Yeah, these definitely check out sure. Cosmosis Stones. Yeah, I'm not sure I could pull that off, but I'm I'd be to, willing to pay. I'm good willing money to, to try. See. I'm willing to try. <laughs> All right, last one. Sure. And if you've seen the Creative Mornings uh, talk, which I highly encourage you to do, Bruce Lee. Ooh, how about Fearless? Mm-hmm. I think in terms of like his professional career, but also like his spirit and his person, mm-hmm. right? This is like something that. Um, I try to emulate, uh, and I think that, yeah, the inclusion of it in the Creative Mornings talk was pretty inspirational, you know, to end. It totally was, and I was hoping maybe you could just riff on that for a moment sure. or two. Like, tell us more about why um, it was such a beautiful way to end your talk, you and your and your father's talk, and and so tell us a little bit more about why that just felt like the right note to end on, uh, that, that clip from Bruce Lee. Well, so much of the discussion was about fluidity and uh, malleability in, again, like our professional lives as well as our personal lives. And the ability to be fluid like water is something that I, again, like Bruce Lee, (laughs) try to emulate. (laughs) Um, And he speaks specifically in this clip about uh, how necessary it is to be like water and take upon different shapes that you might fit in throughout your life. Yeah. So I think it was inspirational um, for the crowd, but also for me to think about continuing in this work and being malleable. Yeah, and it was just such an iconic clip, too. I mean, even the way he delivers the words, it's so Bruce Lee. Yeah. Right? And you're just, like, riveted. You know, you can't take your eyes he off of it. one of those people that just, if he starts to speak, everyone just everyone shuts up. Everyone just <laughs> shuts up. Exactly. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. Somebody was talking to me about that uh this weekend about about your talk and about that, that oh, cool. clip and um there were a lot of mic drop moments along the way that was one of them yeah. oh great so you know it's a monday morning now we're we're sipping on our coffee our hopefully our synopses are firing a little bit more and we're sitting in, at inside black market charlotte which yes. is i'm so glad that you suggested 
um, you know, this place to record the podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about why this was the, your choice? As a sure. Venue? So uh, Black Market is a local to Charlotte arts studio space. Uh, there are often events that happen here, workshops, classes, different programs. Um, and a huge part of what happens in Black Market is support for local and emergent artists of color. Um, this is one of few spaces that is really offering that uh, kind of accessibility. And so to be able to be involved in it and with the team is uh, pretty remarkable. So the space was started uh, by two local creatives and now it's continued on past its one year mark and we hope continues well beyond uh, that point. Yeah. So uh, the exhibition that's up in this space right now just opened this past Thursday, so just in between the last time we saw each other. And this is the 10 year retrospective of an artist named Dammit Wesley. Um, so Dammit Wesley and I have been uh, collaborating together. It's for many years. What it's, up, Dammit? It's like hanging he's not out here. in the pop up studio here. <laughs> We're waving at him right now. Hang on, this, this feels appropriate. You want to switch out for me so that you can get in on this discussion for a minute? Well, I'm going to be good. really. I'm going to be right. brief. <laughs> um, but the exhibition features about 50 pieces from over 10 years. And so I think it's emblematic of what this space does and can provide and should do moving forward in the future. And so we had about, I'll say, 100 people at the opening and sold a significant amount of artwork. And, and that's, that's the important, you know, to note that I'm glad you noted that because, you know, there are a lot of gallery craw crawls or openings or events but at the end of the day, this is how Damn It and others make their living, right? Yeah. And, and buying the art and supporting it is extremely important mm -hmm. if we want this to continue in Charlotte. And, you know, my whole thing is creating space and opportunities for artists of color. And so this is a perfect example and opportunity to do that, right? Like mm -hmm. when I came to Damn It, Wesley, and I was like, look, we're going to do a show that's featuring your work over the past 10 years I mean, I know that's a big ask of somebody. And I know also that, like, within your 30s, it's not usually an opportunity that's presented to you or for you. But it's important to think about the legacy that people who are in this community are building for the future of the arts and culture scene here. And so Dammit Wesley is one of them. But, you know, I work with a number of artists to make sure that this isn't just something that ends but is, in fact, sustainable and seen as valuable within our community. Yeah. I know you want to be succinct with your answer, but you had mentioned just a few minutes ago, you know, if it can continue, right? So what are some of the, for people listening to this, what are some of the forces, what are the, some of the things that will either help it be sustainable or will have black market be something that we have fond but sad memories of? I mean, what, what does Charlotte need to do to keep an effort like this going? Well, maybe it's a few things. You're right. I will try to be succinct. Um, <laughs> you, can be, you, you can be as you know non-succinct yeah. as you want to be. Uh, I think one of them is um, acknowledging what has come before us, right, and paying respect to our histories. So uh, there's a woman, there are a number of women, but specifically there's a woman named Bea Noel who started the first black gallery um, that existed in our city. That is one of the first galleries, period, that was uptown with major real estate in Charlotte. And to think about that legacy that she laid over 10 years ago is so important in thinking about what's happening now, right? Like, mm -hmm. none of this exists in a vacuum, and none of this has been done independently by one person. So 
I think it's always incredibly important to pay respects to the folks who laid the foundation and which we continue to build on. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, I think it's actually investing in the things that we say that we believe in and support, right? So this all isn't always just fiscally, but showing up, like really just showing up for the things that you support is like the simplest gesture, but means so much, right? And your physical body in a space and something that you believe in or care about uh, demonstrates how much that care is, right? And how valuable, uh, like just one body in the space is when you think about, what is it like in the the, the drip versus the tsunami, right? Like mm -hmm. one is important, but think about how much the mass creates as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, I think it's also that fiscal part, right? Like <laughs> we have to put our money where our mouth is. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that many of these things can continue. Um, the Harvey B. Gantt Center has a $5 million endowment, right? That's more than many, than any art institution that exists in our city. And what that means is that they have a future and that's remarkable. And so I think being able to use our money to show that value and what we believe in and the, the programs, the organizations, the institutions that we support is, is incredibly valuable too. And I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that your, your dollars are valuable, mm. right? And this isn't just for black market, this is for all Absolutely. creative, artistic, cultural institutions, right? Yeah. Pay homage, show up, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, yeah, really powerful to think about that approach and that mindset, which is really it is about recognizing and honoring the past, but also how are we showing up today? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a beautiful answer. Thank you for sharing those yeah, thoughts with course. us. Yeah, of course. Let's um, let's go back to a week and two days ago to, to, to the last Creative Mornings event when you spoke to us on the theme of water, you and your and your dad. Um, tell us a little bit about why water was, was a powerful word for you, either in the context of um, your career, your father's career, both, um, just your, your initial thoughts around that. Well, when we uh, first spoke about it as a potential theme mm -hmm. in this discussion, it stuck out because Water seems to be an ever-present theme in my life. So, um, yeah, right, You're, you, you were born in water, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is a pretty remarkable thing and I think about often. Um, but also just the idea of water has been ever-present in my life because of my dad's career. You know, he's worked in wastewater management since I was born. And thinking about things that he shared with me, like, do you know that the water that's on this earth has been the same water that's always been on this earth? Um, as like a child and thinking about these things, I think has started, sort of shaped my yeah. thought processes and like the way that I've kind of moved forward in thinking about resources and um, cultivating groups of people. And so I've been, you know, it's just been something that's been really present. I've also shared with you all that, you know, I'm a Pisces. It was just recently my 32nd birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, happy anniversary. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that as well, right? This idea of just being a fish and always being uh, fluid and malleable has been, yeah, just a part. So when uh, coming up with this theme and deciding upon it, it seemed like it fit. It really was a perfect fit from so many angles. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, you know, one thing that strikes me about what you just said is so few kids, I think, even have a conception of what their father or their mother 
does for a living. Oh, fair. Right? So <laughs> growing up, what you know, beyond what your dad told you about water, what did you think about his work? And now as an adult, having done projects with him, and, and you, you're clearly very close to your father, what, what do you think about his work now? This is great. If you, I wish he was here so he could answer this question. He would tell this story, which if you've ever met my dad in person, I'm sure he has told you before, <laughs> where um, there, there's really two maybe. One is uh, I was at his firm as a young child. I think I was like eight years old. And he set me up with a computer in his office. And uh, the big boss, whomever, like the big, big boss came downstairs to like meet me and uh, have a conversation with me and he said hello and I said excuse me um, I understand that what you have to say might be very important but I'm using this computer right now and I'd like to get back to doing what I was doing um, so <laughs> that's always really interesting and then secondly it's this story of like asking him what it is that he did um, and having to explain it to other people and my response was well my dad big builds big things mm -hmm. um and so he's always told these two stories of me like as a child about how I moved and like navigated through this world and I think those things are real still um you know like I'm I can't be bothered and <laughs> um and also my dad builds big things um he always talks about the story of the Baltimore Aquarium, which was a project that he worked on. Oh, I've been there. That's yeah. amazing. Your father worked on that? Yeah. That's I amazing. wish he was here to place. share this story with you. Um, yeah, me too. But that's one of the, the things that I cite when talking about the big things that he builds. And, yeah. Um, yeah, thinking about how many systems are involved in that, and specifically the water uh, structures, is pretty, it's pretty remarkable. I, I think it's remarkable just that not only that your father let you in, so you had to, you know, talk to you about what he was doing, but that you you leaned into that as well. I think there are, you know, so many parents as I see them, they just kind of leave that, that's a very partitioned part of their life. You know, the kids just know money shows up or food shows up <laughs> on the table or, or it doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't know what does, what do mom and dad do the other days, you know, when I'm not around, you know, or when I'm yeah. at school or, or when they're not here and to share that and to give, uh, what a, what an incredible role model to know, not only that your father liked his work, but that he, if he's doing big things, you too can do big, yeah, big things. Right? That's, That's a real. great example to set. Yeah. And you, you are doing so many big things, Jessica. I mean, Thanks, you know, in addition to being an educator and a writer and an arts administrator and a consultant, um, you sit on so many boards and committees, um, which is incredibly impressive as well. And then you're the founder and director of The Roll Up, um, yes. which is a national network of art incubators embedded in neighborhoods mired in persistent poverty and concentrated disadvantage. And as we mentioned at Creative Mornings, and I'll say it again now, the first roll-up open house with the next resident, Sean Wallace, is gonna be on Thursday, May 23rd uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the roll-up? Um, you know, what's and what's next for it? Like this time two years from now, what do you want people to have experienced that project? Great, so uh, the roll-up is a long-term ethical, community redevelopment project that really asked the question if arts can be the catalyst for change 
So in so many of those neighborhoods that you mentioned, Matt, we see these moments of displacement, um, which often lead to gentrification and um, closing of schools and churches and uh, loss of community. And it's not unique to our current landscape here in Charlotte, but in, in fact happens in black communities across the nation. And so uh, the roll-up is a tool to really present the arts as a potential solution to think about strategies um, to combat these challenges. And so there are a number of artists uh, and students and residents who participate in the roll-up as stakeholders. Uh, the main focus is really centered upon the community. And so rather than focusing on um, expected measurable outcomes or how many people came into this space or whatever, um, the roll-up is really focused on social capital and relationships. And if, if art is the umbrella that we say all of this is under, and really what's the driving force to, to bring people together, then I wonder about that moment in actually bringing people together. And so um, here in Charlotte, it functions as an artist in residency program where an invited artist stays for six months to a year uh, in the roll-up space, which is a habitable furnished housing unit um, they're provided with transportation, um, a meal honorarium, uh, an actual honorarium that's from fifteen dollars to $30,000 for the six months. Um, they're also provided with what I think is most important, a knowledge transfer system. And what this is, is a tool that's developed by each resident artist and then goes to the next resident artist so that they don't have to start from scratch with relationships that they might have made, contacts that, contacts that they might have formed, um, places that they might have visited. And I'm less concerned about what this object looks like. This is maybe considered what the actual art is that mm. comes out of the residency right. program. Right. So it really, it sounds like at its core, it is taking this idea of social capital and creative capital and kind of wielding and, and sort of harnessing the energy of those two things coming together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think what I really enjoyed you saying there too is it's, we often get so lost in the quantifiable aspects of things, right? But we can hide behind that too. No actual, you can say 5,000 people came through something, but it could also be that 5,000 people came through and zero connections were made, mm -hmm. right? In the same way that you can say that five people came by, five connections were made, and those are now extending into the community and actually making making change. Exactly. And so for this 2018 resident, Chun Lee, who hailed from Toronto, Canada, um, Chun came here for six months. And yeah, I can share all of those facts with you, right? Like he had 110 interactions with community members that are very well documented in his knowledge transfer system. But also he had nine studio visits. We had six public talks. You know, 
I can quantify those things because they're important for my role working administratively, but I don't want them to be the focus mm -hmm. of the artists at all. In fact, I'd rather have them not think about it, but instead focus on what's really important, and that is the relationships that extend beyond the six months or the year that the artist is physically in the roll-up space. Yeah. Um, well, t tell us a little bit about the work that you and your dad and your family are doing uh, in real estate and why that's, you know, what, what, what are your end goals there? What, why is that, why is real estate so important? Well, this, yeah, this kind of stems into the previous question as well. And right. also I wanted to just, Sorry. no worries, no worries. Um, our next resident is Shan Wallace. Uh, it's short for Shannon. Shan yeah, Wallace. Shan. Um, and you can, sh you can see more about Shan's work and her process uh, on her Instagram. I think it's uh, at underscore yo Shan with two N's. Nice. Um, and so Shan will be with us from May of this year until November doing the same thing. Um, June has set a precedent. And so my goal, uh, Tim, to answer your question about what I, where I hope the roll-up is and where it goes further, um, is that we build upon each of these precedents that the previous artists set in the space. So if Chun had 110 of those interactions, I challenge Shan to meet that beyond that and to continue to push further beyond Chun's numbers. Is there any, uh, do, the, do the previous residents, do they meet one another or is it all with the knowledge transfer system? You know, the world is so small and the black contemporary arts community is so small that for the most part, every, everybody's familiar with each other and like fans of each other's works. And so there might have not been an, uh, an opportunity where they met specifically in the roll-up space, but most folks are familiar with each other and, and each other's work. Um, Chun knows Shan, Shan knows Chun. And yeah. I, you know, where's Shan from? Shan's from East Baltimore. Got it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yes. Um, so the way we like to end our podcast recordings is typically we ask our speaker, all of our speakers, the same question. And I, I'm, we're excited to ask you this question because your, your interests are so rooted in, in innovation act, in uh, activism and um, collaboration. And so whether it's through that lens or through any lens you, you choose, what advice do you have for Charlotte? Wow. It's a big question. Charlotte, like the city? It could be, it could be your fellow citizens. <laughs> or, or it could be your friend named Charlotte. It could be, it could be interpreted any way you wish. It could be your fellow citizens. Okay. It could be uh, folks moving here. It could be the... Wow. The, it, it could, could be the, whoever... It could be Shan as she comes in. Okay. What do? What would I like, like to share? Like whatever comes, <laughs> comes to you first. What would I like to share with Charlotte? Um, yeah. Or, or uh, advice you may have. Well, I mean, I think our talk was pretty relevant right mm -hmm. I in terms of like we just we addressed and discussed things like the um, economic mobility task force right which is national but also speaks specifically to our city and the changes that we're seeing occur around us right it's like I was driving around with my mom yesterday just throughout town and it's like you know we're building all of these things now for the future but soon is, is this going to be enough to support us, right? Like, how, how much longer will this continue, you know? And so I guess if there's some advice, I, I think it's to be fluid, mm -hmm. right? Um, and to accept things 
as they come, let's, let's not be rigid in ourselves, but let's be open to change and, um, be ready to receive, right? Like I've been thinking about this concept a lot. I am ready and mm. open to receive things as they come to me. Yeah. And so if I could share some advice or some words of encouragement to our city and our citizens and our future residents, I think it would be that. Um, be both fluid but open to receive. I think that's that's so perfect. That's, that's such a perfect sentiment given everything you spoke about at Creative mm -hmm. Morning. And the other thing that was sort of coming to me as you were just talking there was in addition to the fluidity of it all is water is so incredibly powerful. And that, again, is one of the reasons why I think you were a perfect choice for that theme because you're, you're, you bring such power to this larger conversation um, and to your fellow Thank creatives you. as well. So thanks for everything you're doing uh, in the creative space, Thank in you. the civic space, and in Charlotte and elsewhere too, right? You're, you're, you're bringing your gifts to other cities as well. Fluid Jessica Moss as you are. <laughs> so um, glad we got to sit down and, and have this sort of you know, post-mortem chat. Well, and also just thrilled that we got the opportunity to, in a small way, get to know your father and to share his wisdom with that, with that crowd on that Friday morning. Our first father-daughter talk. I, I would say, too, like Bruce Lee, I mean, the minute he starts talking, you know that, that somebody, that, that's someone who's saying something of value, and you need to quiet and open your mind and listen. That was a really powerful all right. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you, Annie Go. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dammit Wesley. Thank you. For having us here in the space yeah, today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tim Miner. Thank you. <laughs> so well, with a question mark. <laughs> it was so emphatic for the other ones and <laughs> so questionable for me. So questionable. Um, all right. Well, okay history if you haven't, if you weren't at the Creative Mornings event featuring Jessica Moss and her father, please do watch the video. Um, and uh, join us at the the next event on April fifth. Yeah. And Jessica, if you would wish your dad dad well for us. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. You got it. Thanks again to Jessica Moss for speaking with us, and thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Creative Morning Charlotte podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CM underscore CLT. And hey, when you're done listening to this episode, give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us get discovered by other creative Charlotteans. Don't forget to register for the next Creative Morning Charlotte event, Friday, April 5th at 8.30 in the morning at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. The featured speaker will be multidisciplinary artist Milan Den, speaking about the global theme of inclusive. RSVPs will open at 9 a.m. Monday, April 1st. The Creative Morning Charlotte podcast is hosted by Tim Miner and Matt Olin and produced by Andy Goh. Music by Harvey Cummings. <laughs>